It's a Thursday edition. As I mentioned to Lou, I'll be away tomorrow, but uh, Peter Sherman in my stead. I'm sure some of the same familiar topics will uh, still be discussed because, you know, they're not going away anytime soon. The gun and gang thing is uh, one of those predominant issues that we deal with on a daily basis. We'll get back into that shortly. Uh, Richard Atkinson's going to join us. He spent 32 years of his life in jail after being part of Toronto's Dirty Tricks gang, and they operated around Alexandra Park which is uh, in the neighborhood of Bathurst and Dundas. And uh, back in the day, a large chunk of his natural life uh, taken up behind bars, and he has a lot to say on, well, the gang situation may be somewhat different than it was back in his day, but still how to address that community outreach and things like that, how impactful would they be? Because we know that the mayor and the police chief have addressed it on that level. 200 more cops being put on the streets between 7 p.m. and 3 a.m., in high-risk neighborhoods, areas where uh, the 'er ne'er-do-wells would tend to congregate, even though there's been some criticism from that initial offering and uh, the monies that would be spent, $3 million as the first salvo, and they're going to the feds again for more money as well, uh, dip into that fund that's supposed to address it, and whether or not it'll have an impact, who knows. Some way was mentioning today that uh, we might have already eaten well into that fund just with the police presence around the CN Tower and, and up there at uh, Canada's Wonderland because of this kind of cryptic tweet that went out. And uh, in drilling down further, I, I guess was a leak from certain police sources to various media outlets that, in fact, there were some credible reports or a report about somebody uh, willing to do or looking to do willful damage and uh, maybe a, a ramming incident not unlike what had happened on Young Street uh, just south of Finch a couple of months ago, costing a lot of lives. Uh, so with that in mind, you know, I mean, look, <laughs> we we always recoil when we see uh, an inordinate police presence on the streets. Starts even making uh, some people suspect that, what, are we on the, the precipice of a police state? What if we had the military come in? Do we have a military that could come in? That's the other question. I mean, uh, as far as that's concerned, we've seconded some of our military personnel to a contingent in Mali, uh, in Iraq. I guess uh, the prime minister was, you know, uh, giving big ups to the military in Latvia uh, just earlier this week. And, of course, in Brussels, uh, when it was mentioned that Donald Trump wants a commitment from Canada of 2%, minimum 2%, take it to 4 potentially, uh, for our NATO contribution. The prime minister is now rebuffed that and saying we make commitments in other ways. Now, against that backdrop, I wanted to put this into some kind of context. And joining me on the line is James Bazan. He's the shadow minister for national defense and uh, represents the Manitoba riding of Selkirk Interlake. Mr. Bazan, good to have you on the Oakley Show. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, uh, where we stand with our NATO commitment, uh, are we doing it right are we uh meeting our obligations or is donald trump right to suggest we're laggards and we've got to bring it up to at least two percent i think what donald trump's been doing is just pointing out the obvious which is that uh 29 nato partners uh committed back in 2014 to spend two percent of gdp on national defense and that by having stronger militaries collectively within the alliance we would be in a better position <clears throat> to deal with the growing threat environment that we're facing, whether it's from Putin's imperialistic visions of, of grandeur and, and his aggression that we're experiencing along uh, NATO's eastern flank, the war with Russian proxies in Ukraine, um, their occupation of parts of Moldova and Georgia now. So, you know, this is something that um, Trump is, is pushing NATO to do more. 
um, because they, as the United States, have been carrying the, the heavy burden. Now, Canada has always done uh, more than our fair share. We overall are we are the fifth largest contributor to NATO missions, but that doesn't give Justin Trudeau any leeway in making excuses on not meeting the commitment that Canada and all other NATO allies have said that they were going to do. And uh, even though he's talking about trying to increase spending by 70% over the next 10 years, that just barely keeps ahead of inflation in military terms, which run usually 5 to 6% per year. So, and that's not just in Canada's armed forces, that's across the world. Buying military equipment, training military members to keep them ready and able to defend our sovereignty and to participate in these multinational uh, task force that we set up from time to time to fight things like ISIS and to train forces in Ukraine and stand on guard in, in Latvia, they need to have um, the dollars to get that job done. And if we're going to continue to fall behind uh, compared to other NATO members, then we won't be able to do the, the heavy lifting that we have done in the past. All right, so you're not buying his argument, this is the Prime Minister's argument, that uh, we're demonstrating a commitment beyond mere dollars. We definitely are seeing from Prime Minister that he can't get the job done. We've got troops right now that don't have enough sleeping bags and rucksacks. He wants to buy used fighter jets from Australia. He has yet to deliver on any major procurement for the Canadian Armed Forces. And he's allowed billions of dollars to go lapsed and unspent and has already missed his targets under their new defense policy by over $4 billion. So, you know, he's, he's all rhetoric. Uh, and we're lucky that we have such a great uh, group of men and women who are currently serving in the Canadian Armed Forces. Them and our veterans are the ones that, that have really cut the path on Canada being a reliable partner at NATO uh, and around the world. But what we're hearing and seeing from from Trudeau and from the Liberals is all talk, no action. So, yeah, we're, we're definitely supportive of our men and women in Latvia leading the mission in the enhanced forward position. Uh, we are supportive of uh, our troops uh, taking a, a more of a command con- uh, and control role in Iraq. But even in, in the Iraq announcement he made, uh, again, here's Trudeau walking away from the Kurdish Peshmerga, who were our partners in the fight against ISIS. Uh, so how are we going to honor that? And I can tell you that, you know, uh, and a sheer conservative government would appoint a special envoy to work with the Kurdistan regional government. We will meet our commitments under NATO uh, so that we are a reliable partner and a trusted ally uh, within the alliance. I guess that's uh, sort of the subtext to a lot of this. Now, Donald Trump is not wrong when he says the Americans uh, really do uh, make a, a contribution that uh, makes everyone pale in comparison. Like, we're 19th, I, I believe, of uh, 28 countries with 1.2% of our GDP, and there's something like 35 to 4% of GDP. Uh, if Do you think Donald Trump, whatever else one may think of him, perceives Canada as a good ally? does, but right now he sure has written, you know, a very terse statement to, to Trudeau. He, he's criticized Germany and other nations that, that, that they're not doing enough. And he looks at the wealth of our countries and our ability to uh, invest in our military. And, and uh, from his standpoint, on that metric of the 2%, which he seems to be fixated on, we're not doing enough. Um, you know, we have a difficult relationship with the United States right now because of Donald Trump. And uh, with all the things going on uh, in trying to come out with a NAFTA deal, with uh, the, the steel and aluminum tariffs that need to be rectified, um, we need to have a good relationship, as, or at least 
have the best possible relationship uh, as possible with the United States. The, the White House and the U.S. Congress is bigger than just the President of the United States. So we need to make sure that we're trying to meet some of the markers uh, that Trump is laying down. And to me, investments in our military are good for our economy. It's good for our national security. And it may actually improve our relationship with the United States, which is tenuous at best right now. Again, James Bazan is with us, Shadow Minister for National Defense. On this matter of NATO, uh, because of the 48 hours, you know, the whirlwind that uh, sort of surrounded all of those discussions and Donald Trump, his critics uh, were vociferous in saying he's undermining NATO with this awkward or clumsy diplomacy. Do you see it in that light, or do you think what he was really trying to do is get everybody on side to strengthen NATO? Well, I, you know, I think we've all come to expect the unexpected from Donald Trump. Uh, I think that everybody within the NATO alliance may not be happy with uh, how he has very undiplomatically criticized them and challenged the alliance. But if at the end of the day we come out of this stronger, then maybe he's accomplishing what he set out to do. But uh, regardless, um, we have to find a way for us to live up to our promises. And these promises go back before Trump was ever in the White House. This goes back to Obama's era. And Obama chastised Trudeau, you know, before he left office uh, when he said that the world needs more Canada because Canada wasn't spending enough. Uh, so, again, this comes down to uh, a government under Justin Trudeau that uh, doesn't want to make these investments, that are, is actually putting on the brakes rather than trying to find a solution on how we move forward. And, of course, as long as Trudeau continues to spend our cupboards bare and overtax Canadians, we will not be in a position to invest in our military. And that's not fair to our Canadian Armed Forces and the brave men and women who serve this country and often take on very difficult tasks that that they're called upon to make the world a safer place. When it comes to investing in our military, uh, in some cases it looks like this might also be... uh maybe to our benefit with procurement, if uh, Canada does play a role in that, or, you know, creating employment and jobs and things like uh, of that nature, would you say that would be uh, maybe a side benefit to all of this? There's no question that investments in our military and buying new equipment uh, uh, has usually a 1.7% uh, spin-off uh, benefit to the Canadian economy. So every dollar in will generate um, $1.70 back into the economy. It's going to create jobs. And we have a fairly significant defense industry throughout uh, Canada, uh, a large aerospace industry, and definitely uh, we, we are already in the business of building uh, uh, armored vehicles and trucks and, and firearms. And, you know, there, there's more, on, the, especially on the high end, on the high-tech side of this, uh, the, as, as the military continues to evolve and the threat environment is evolving, so we have to always stay ahead of it, otherwise we're going to lose our advantage, that those high-tech jobs, those well-paying jobs, create all sorts of opportunity across this country. That is also puts us in a position to market those types of products around the world. All right. Uh, Well, I appreciate your contextualizing things for us here. Uh, And we'll watch going forward if we meet our commitments, according to Mr. Trump. Anyway, James, good to talk. Anytime, John. You got a James Bazan. Again, he is the Shadow Minister for National Defense up in Ottawa, closer to home. The guns and gang problem that proliferates in the city of Toronto is nothing new. There have always been gangs, perhaps not uh, as many guns, but uh, the gang life is something that Richard Atkinson is very familiar with. He spent 32 years of his life in jail for being part of Toronto's Dirty Tricks gang. He's going to share his story and what we could learn, lessons from his checkered past that could be applied in a positive way going forward and maybe fill in some of the blanks because uh, it looks like everybody's kind of scratching their heads and wondering what do we do about this that has some practical, meaningful impact.